This, 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 this is mythical. Welcome to Best Friends Back All Right, the show where two high school best friends try the best friend thing again. I'm Nagin Homaifad. And I'm Stevie Wynn Levine. And today we are talking about how to lose a guy in 10 days. Oh. I lost kidding. a guy Just a kidding. long time ago. <laughs> it was a great movie. <laughs> great yellow dress. But we're actually talking about the exact opposite. It's how to date successfully and how to fall in love. So Stevie and I, to be to be completely transparent. We are, are in both love. in long-term relationships with different people, <laughs> but that doesn't make us experts, okay? So we brought in the big guns. We brought in my friend, Logan Yuri. Hi, Logan. Hi, so exciting. <laughs> I'm excited to see your voice, your face in the middle of the day and hear your voice. It's so fun. Well, so Logan is a behavioral scientist turned dating coach. She's the author of the best-selling book, How to Not Die Alone. I've read it. It's amazing. And I recommend it to every single person that asks me for dating advice. Um, She's also the director of relationship science at the dating app Hinge, and she conducts research to help people find love. After studying psychology at Harvard, she runs Google's behavioral science team, the the Irrational Lab. She lives in the Bay Area with her husband, Scott, and she recently got married. Yes, yes. We got officially married two years ago, but we finally had the, in quotes, post-COVID celebration in June. Oh, amazing. And the two of you know each other. It's not just, we're not just pulling in a a, a random expert. I mean, give the friends listening. She's not just like a a LinkedIn LinkedIn request. Not that that random at all. No, Logan and I, Logan, you know, you were my first friend at Harvard. Yeah, I love our How We Met story. And it's interesting, if you all are high school friends, we would have met technically when you were in high school. That's right. So maybe we're actually high school friends too. <laughs> <laughs> but I met Logan in an airport on the way to the Harvard pre-frosh weekend, which was like the admitted students weekend mm-hmm. where you go and figure out if you like the place or not. I talked about it last season. Yeah. Were you? How did you, were you both wearing like, I'm a I'm a Harvard freshman potential T-shirts like what it was, was on this? our foreheads. Yeah, oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> I actually think we were on the same flight. I that's what I think too, but I don't know why. But it was just like you just probably looked exactly my age. You probably <laughs> yeah. looked eager. You looked friendly. Traveling alone. Yeah, a lot of seventeen-year-olds aren't right. Traveling, weren't at least in those days traveling alone. I wonder if, like, I went to get my bag and one of us was like, oh, are you here for pre-frosh or something like that? (laughs) Which, like, I'm happy that we were so friendly. Like, that's such a Uh, cute story. Yeah, it's just a meet-cute. It it really was. It really was. And what was great was one of my dad's uh, PhD students lived in Boston at that time, and he had been requested by my father to pick me up from the airport and take me to the school. And so Logan and I got to get into a car together and just like have a little Uber experience on oh, the planes, way Planes, trains, and automobiles. <laughs> I just felt like, I felt like it was really cool that you like already knew someone and had this arranged ride. I think it was also like- <laughs> Logan's like, I had a hired car pull me into Harvard. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it felt to my 17-year-old self. I love that. I love that. And here we are today. Okay, well, for our friends, you know that our producer's name is Logan. So for for this podcast, we're going to refer to our Logan as producer Logan, who's going to be chiming in from time to time. And, you know, Logan, guest Logan, we like to do like a little bit of a catch up in in the beginning of the podcast episodes. Talk about the past week that we've been apart from each other. Any highlights? Oh, I thought you meant in the 16 years since we originally met in Boston. (laughs) Oh, oh, no. That's going to be a Just, spinoff show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, But I, you know, there's been something happening in, I guess I could say, in my life in the past week or so that I felt like had some adjacency to your ex- professional expertise um, mm. That I was going to bring and and just get your kind of objective opinion on the situation. Now, Nagin, you you've heard producer Logan and I dance around this subject because the the thing that I'm bringing to the table right now is a little bit of a celesbian 
relationship drama that's been playing out on TikTok over the past couple of weeks. Now, before I this get into amazing. it. This sounds amazing. Okay, yes. My, my <laughs> so assumption was that the two of you were not familiar with the celesbian drama on TikTok world. So No, very, are you saying celesbian? Yeah. What does it sound <laughs> like Cel- I'm saying? Is that... It's celesbians like celebrity lesbians. Celebrity lesbians. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I feel like <laughs> we're on that show Normal Gossip. Do you listen to that show? <laughs> I've heard it once. Oh. This is <laughs> so the straight fun. gay divide. I'm defining this. This is the straight gay divide. But this is perfect for this normal particular. Normal Gossip's really popular. <laughs> Logan's like, Normal Gossip's really gay. Yeah. It's well, so queer. Here's the thing. I'm not going to give you any names involved in the drama I'm about to lay out. Okay. Because... I, you know, those who are listening who are lesbians of a certain age who are on TikTok are going to automatically know what I'm talking about. Also, note for you that we're recording this about a week in advance of when it's coming out. So I don't want to get into whatever is going to happen in this next week. But I'm not going to bring any of my bias into this presentation. I just want your opinion. So essentially, there is a creator, a lesbian creator, who I believe is in her early 30s. And a lesbian pop star in the same age range. Now, producer Logan uh, informed me that she has taken notes about this situation (laughs) and is ready to chime in with any factual uh, corrections. So uh, please feel, feel welcome. I got you. Okay. So, so far I've established the creator lesbian and the pop star lesbian. The two of these women used to be in a relationship. And mm. from what I can tell, it's a relationship that lasted like a few years or a substantial, you know, period. Four of time. years. Yep. Uh, four years. And when did they break up? They broke up in like, during COVID. Okay. So fairly recent, but not like immediately recent mm-hmm. breakup. Now they remained friendly for what we can tell for a period of time mm-hmm. because pop star lesbian released some music and some music videos that creator lesbian directed. And so that was mm. their established relationship. Now, recently, the drama is creator lesbian is dating someone new and is in a relationship with someone new. I want to establish Everyone is very attractive in this situation. Yeah. Oh, good. I was thinking of trolls this whole time. (laughs) Now I'm interested. Everyone is exceptionally hot in the situation that I'm describing. Pop star lesbian has just released a song, and the storyline of the song is about how hot her ex's new girlfriend is and Ooh. how she wants to fuck her. <gasps> <gasps> wow. Yeah. And oh it, it involves her name in the song oh. is the chorus and title. The ex the or song. the new girlfriend? Uh, the new girlfriend. The new girlfriend. Okay. Wow. The ex's yes. new girlfriend. The ex's new girlfriend. Wait, and is the ex's new girlfriend famous or not? No, not famous. Okay. Just hot. She's a normal... <laughs> Because I feel like that makes a difference, like bringing somebody's name into the public sphere yes. if they've already are a okay. creator. Or That's not. a great point. Okay, so before I get into mm. what the two sides are of the situation, yeah, like what is, uh, you know, Logan? Please, from your professional perspective, like what is your what is your read on this kind of triangle or this relationship? And then Nagin, by all means. I mean, I'm just happy to hear about this as a layperson. I love <laughs> I love hearing about gossip. I like hearing about subcultures of the internet. Like yeah. I like I like hearing about lesbian TikTok. I'm not it's not what I what I see. Um <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I'm just interested in this. It kind of reminds me, do you remember the show Next? I know that we're all exactly yeah, the same yes. age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yes. like the best episodes of Next were always the queer ones because like if it's just like a bunch of catty women on the bus and then they each have to get off to maybe see if the guy will like them or not, like that's that's one thing. But then like in the gay episodes, like all the guys on the bus would hook up with each other. Like it was just like so much more fun. And I feel like that's what's more fun here. It's like if you're playing a game where all the parts can interact, like that's yeah. just like opportunity for a lot more all drama the parts in a good can and bad. Interact. I don't know if you, <laughs> you mean know? like body parts. <laughs> 
I don't mean body parts. I mean like game parts, but like use your imagination. Like oh, I do. you want that to yeah. mean. Yeah. Okay. That's a fun, playful take. Nagine, do you have anything to, yeah, to offer this situation? Based on the information that you shared, it feels my first like, not to get into Logan speak right now, but my the red flag that comes to mind <laughs> yeah. for me is revealing, putting somebody, a regular person's name out into the public and having it like enter, just create drama with somebody else's name yeah. makes me wonder like, is this a person I can trust? But mm-hmm. we don't know what kind mm-hmm. of arrangements were made if this mm-hmm. was like a PR mm-hmm. stunt that mm-hmm. both people were involved in. But if we uh, producer but Logan, I wonder, producer Logan is just needs to speak. Right it now. has been confirmed that it is not a PR <laughs> stunt because what are we creator creator lesbian, lesbian <laughs> went on TikTok and was like because there were so many rumors that it was a PR stunt and she confirmed that it was not. She did not give permission um, and she was very clearly pissed and then she unfollowed oh, yeah. pop star lesbian. Yeah. That's yeah. all you need to say. Yeah. It's like yeah, a breach yeah, of yeah. trust. I feel like you don't, I feel like it's bad, uh, just bad acting. And I'm sure, Logan, you've had to deal with just people dealing badly with exes. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Uh, and like figuring out how, do you coach people on how to, on how to treat their exes? Yeah, I have, I have a little part in my book about block your ex and why and it's like all the Mm. steps and it's just basically like you know block your ex block your ex's mom on facebook block your ex (laughs) on venmo because you don't want to hear about their new dates and then i was reading want to fuck them is the question here you know yeah i mean i would say best (laughs) practice is to not talk to them and then you know who nick vile is he's like a former oh yeah i never watched the bachelor but i was on his podcast he has a new book coming out about dating relationships and the title is don't text your ex on their birthday. And I was like, oh, I love that of all the things, like that's what he chose to title it. And I I think it's good advice. So anyway, it's like we can all take the advice of like leave your ex in the past. And that includes leaving their new girlfriend like yeah. out of your mouth. <laughs> okay, we can, that, that, that's good to know. know. Uh, we can move on. I will say my piece of advice is to watch the music Let's video. Yes. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm gonna be Googling this Not all in public. Night, so, yeah. Not in public. <laughs> yes. Oh, really? Very raunchy? Uh, yeah, I mean. The first 10 seconds. I, oh, wow. I, I just recall the the last um the the last scene the the the, the, the you'll know very clearly what scene what what the yeah just yeah. watch it I can't even talk. <laughs> Did you know who both of these people were before, or is this like how you learned about them? I did know who both of them were previously. Not personally, not personally yeah, yeah. for everyone listening. <laughs> there's there's like adjacent uh, touch points I'd rather not get into. Are you a celesbian? No, but I wish I was. I, I wish think I you're was. a celesbian. Yeah. Or no. like at least a twilesbian, a Twitter. Do not twi-lesbian. bring Twitter into this. <laughs> I'm getting celesbian vibes from you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> That's a good compliment. Yeah. yeah. You are definitely coming back on the show. You. I need you. We'll, uh, we'll offline. We'll, we'll talk. I'll give you names for the okay, scenario good. I presented. Yeah. I'm sure producer Logan has already sent me all the videos. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. I'm yeah. so excited. Yeah. And then. Let's wrap it up here. Um, and then, yeah, then you come back and let me know if I could fit into that triangle. Because if I could, we're going to have to do some work there. We're cooking. That we're cooking. sounds good. Well, that it sounds, sounds like good. this person's single. So anyway, there's there's an entry Ooh. point. Yeah. I mean, I've been in a 10-year relationship. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, but you know yeah, what? I forgot. I forgot. Who, Cassie, who's listening, like, we can work something out, I think. <laughs> You know, um, well, you know what? I feel like this is a great time for us to, to move on back into <laughs> <laughs> helping the rest of our friends. Now that we've helped Stevie really unpack this, this uh, tough and situation. producer Logan and producer, and producer Logan. Logan. <laughs> well, OK, so our first season, um, the first season of the show, it was a throwback to high school. OK, so Stevie and I met in high school and we're just reconnecting after many years. But when we talked about dating in high school, I mean, let's just say it was pretty bleak. Dry. Dry. For us, <laughs> in all we were either like too closeted, too studious, too Iranian. We were like, <laughs> we were just like not dating, okay? But I am very curious as a dating co- relationship coach, dating coach, like how would you characterize your high school dating experience? Did you blossom late in life like we did? 
I was thinking of like what I want to share from this time, but the first word that comes to mind is debate team. Mm. I believe that's two words. Yes. <laughs> oh, say the first phrase. Let's see. I had a really nice high school boyfriend, like beginning of high school, just like very sweet. We we're both like on the debate team. It was so fun because we would travel together, like wow. just like a very cute. I feel like the kind of relationship like I would want my kid to have for first relationship, like a safe, oh. sweet person, like just super, yeah. super nice. And then I had one or two nice boyfriends like after that. I feel like I yeah. like was was blessed positive. in my high school relationships. Yeah, really positive and like just such sweet people where like when I think back to them, like kind of like send good vibes their way. Like, oh, like yeah. thank you for being like so nice. And like – But you do not text them. On their birthdays. Not on their birthdays. <laughs> I'm not in touch with any of them, but I I feel like warmth towards them. Yeah. Like I feel like warmth towards their families. I feel warmth towards the experiences we have. A lot of people that I work with, like when I work with them, I'm like, okay, like we're going to go through your relationship history, like start from the beginning. I feel like the most common thing I'll hear is like, I was a late bloomer. I think a lot of people do have that narrative. Mm-hmm. I would say for myself – I wasn't a late bloomer and maybe that's just like I've been interested in this topic for a long time and like part of being interested Mm -hmm. in it is prioritizing it. And so like it was just like really fun to be in relationships. And like I remember, yeah, like I didn't have a date to the prom yet and I mentioned it to some girl in my Spanish class and then she like turned to this guy near her and she's like, blank? would love you know blank doesn't have a date you should go with him and then like we ended up dating for a while and like i think maybe he had told her but just i, I feel like lucky i feel like wow, a lot of, not yeah. that not that every experience like in college or whatever was so great but these do feel like really <laughs> wholesome like sweet memories so uh, anyway no complaints about high school that's sweet mm-hmm. okay so in preparation for having you on with us today we asked our listeners um, to send in questions. So we had a form. Um, Some people included their age and their gender. um, Some didn't. They let us know what was on their mind. What are some of like the big blockers for them in finding love and, and dating? And there are so many different themes that we can cover, but I think it's helpful to establish from the start what the purpose of a date is so that we're all on the same page. Great. All right. I love that. Let's start there. So Some people feel like the purpose of a date is to see if somebody checks off all the boxes on their list. And so they walk into a date almost like they're in a job interview and they're like, okay, Mm -hmm. is this person good looking enough? Are they tall enough? Are they ambitious enough? Would I be proud to introduce them to my family? And there's like this whole thing and it's really very judgmental. It's coming from this list of like, are you good enough? It's really about tuning into how you feel when you're around the other person Because maybe they do have all those resume traits. Maybe they would check off all the boxes. But if they leave you feeling self-conscious or down on yourself or like you're not good enough, then that's not your person. And I feel like that's happened Mm. to me with friends, with people I've dated, with networking meetings where I'm like, on paper, I should love this person. But then I come home and I like want to crawl in bed and watch TV for five hours. Like, that didn't feel good. Like something was going on. That person didn't bring out a good side of me. And I feel like just the more people can tune into that, the better. That's why I have this thing called the post-date eight. And -hmm. they're questions that you ask yourself after the date. And the whole point is to get you out of that judgmental mindset. Are you good enough for me? And much more into the experiential mindset of, did we laugh together? How did my body feel around you? Did I like the side of me that you brought out? And really it's about having this experience and seeing like, who are the two of us when we're together? Do you find that, because you know, you, you, you exercise your expertise in various different ways, but if we're concentrating kind of on the dating coach, you know, vertical, mm-hmm. you know, ultimately the people that you're coaching are looking for a, a a long-term partnership with someone else. Would you would you say that's fair? Like they're looking to find love and a uh, a long-term relationship ultimately. Yeah, I would say that's totally fair and that's why like the information that I bring and the research that I have is mostly done with people who are like I've been dating, I've had trouble with dating, so I want your help and my goal mm-hmm. is to find a long-term relationship. 
Through my research at Hinge, I do work with people, not work with, but I do do research with, you know, Gen Z and people who are younger and probably aren't there yet Mm -hmm. in terms of like, yes, the next person I date, I would ideally like to be in a long-term relationship with. So I have some experience with that. But yeah, from the coaching angle, I would say like, if you're going to pay money to work with me, it's because you're really ready to find your person. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. I think that's important. The difference between kind of casual dating and and then the I would say a little bit more pressurized situation of finding that person that you want to spend the rest of your life with, which is going yeah. back to your description of how people can enter into a date, um, you know, that idea of this this checklist in sure. order to fill that bucket. That's where all that that pressure is yeah. coming from, which makes a lot yeah. of sense. Yeah, and I would use the term intentional dating, which I really like. I feel like intentionality is a great word. It's, like, very meaningful to me. It's, like, how can you do everything? It's, like, a Jewish concept. Like, how can you do everything with your life with intention? Like, okay, like, I'm about to be hanging out with these two people for an hour. Like, how do I want to show up? Like, what's the vibe mm-hmm. I want? And it's just that extra mindfulness that's, like, being aware of the moment and even planning for it. And so Mm -hmm. I would call that intentional dating. But I think that's a great call out because it's I'm not that casual of a person. And I don't think I'm talking about casual dating. And like, yeah, maybe your point of a first date is to have sex at the end of the night. Like, totally fair. I am more working with the people who are like, I've been doing many versions of this. I don't really Mm -hmm. like where it wound up. Like, I want to move to the world where I'm like finding a relationship. All right. So um, the first couple questions really, I feel like, explore this fear that I see that people have, or at least I see in in the questions that they have with dating. And the first question comes from a 29-year-old female, and she writes, I'm not sure how to meet people who could become potential romantic partners. I'm afraid of online dating for safety reasons, and I don't enjoy going out to bars, other nightlife, specifically for romantic interests. I figured I could meet friends of friends, but I feel shy bringing that subject up. Also, if it doesn't work out, what happens to our friendship? I feel a lot of anxiety at the idea of meeting strangers and dating them. So, Okay. Well, I would call this person a hesitator. That's like one of my three types where it Mm -hmm. feels like there's like a lot of fear around dating and it feels like they're probably not doing that much active dating. And so part of this isn't even just meeting people. I think it's also just addressing those fears and being like, what else is going on? So it sounds like there's some fears around if I ask my friends for help and then it doesn't work out, you know, what are the consequences there? And so it might just be useful for that person to really get clear about what they want because I think one of the best ways to overcome fears is to have like the motivation and the desire be so strong that it can overcome them. And I think a lot of us like do hard things that are really scary and it doesn't mean that we aren't afraid. We just want the Mm. thing so badly that we're willing to overcome it. And so you need that motivator to overcome the fears. The second thing I would say is that online dating just really is how most people are meeting. I was looking at the stats yesterday. So this is from 2019, but 39% of straight couples and 65% of queer couples meet online. And that's from 2019. I imagine that during the pandemic, it just went even higher because that was probably the only place to to meet. And so I'd say, of course, like I acknowledge your safety concerns, but I would also just think about like, are there ways that you can make it feel safe? Are there Mm -hmm. ways that you can, you know, only use apps where the people are verified or only meet up in person in a certain like super safe place? But it just feels like most people meet this way. And so just by saying like, I don't online date, you're actually like, really limiting your options. It would be like, oh, I'm looking for a job, but like, oh, LinkedIn isn't for me. It's like, look, like LinkedIn is like how people (laughs) network right now, right? Like, like love it or hate it. That's part of it. Yeah. And then the next thing I would say is that I have this framework called the events decision matrix, which is a way of finding and meeting people in person. And it's for people who are like, yeah, either I don't like online dating or I want to do something else. And so basically the origin of this is that I was working with this client and she was a black female in her 20s and she just wasn't finding success with online dating. She was feeling like people weren't interested in her. It was just like a really frustrating experience for her. And I was like, okay, let's figure this out. And so we looked at potential events that she could go to and she traveled a lot for work. So we had to prioritize the good Mm. ones. And so we came up with this matrix. And basically for each event, you say like, 
what is the likelihood that I would like this event? Like if I went, would I have fun? And part of that is like you want to go to events that are of interest to you. Even if you don't meet anyone, you won't feel like it's a waste. And it's going to bring out that good side of you if you're interested. The second part is what's the likelihood that I'm going to interact with someone? And that one's really important because, like, maybe you love horror movies, but you're not right. going to interact with someone at a horror movie <laughs> marathon. So right. anything that falls in the upper right-hand quadrant, which is, like, high likelihood I'll enjoy it and high likelihood of interaction, those are the events you go to. And so this okay. client of mine, she ended up going to a Ta-Nehisi Coates book club, and she Ooh. went from having, like, no dates at all to, like, six people asking for her number in one night. And she ended up dating one of them. And it was just like such a great example. I was like, you're feeling undesirable and like you're struggling with dating. But actually, like when you are in the pool that's interested in you, like you are hot shit. Like people Mm. really like you. And so I think for this person, it's like, okay, like you don't like like bars and clubs and nightlife. Like that's totally fine. Like what can we get you doing? And so it's like if you like, you know, your bike, could you go to a bike workshop? And even if you show up and it's not the kind of people you want to date, okay, maybe one of them has a friend. And so I think it's just like, how can you expose yourself to more people? Yeah. And then the last point is like, I would say many people I know met their partner through a friend. It's just worth being bold about it. Just say like, hey, can you set me up with someone? And I promise if it doesn't go well, I won't hold it against you. And you have to hold true to that. So I would say, yeah, setting your – like asking your friends to be set up is a really, really great solution. And maybe for you, if you're not confident about online dating, like the best place to start. It's so interesting this whole like I don't like going to bars and nightclubs thing because like I guess I – I've never met anyone that is in an a serious relationship that met like first of all a club I think I've been to one time <laughs> in my entire 35 years but like a bar or something it's like totally. I guess I, I so it's it's so interesting that kind of like the the pop culture reference are bars and clubs and that's where yeah. people think that they meet people that they're actually going to have a relationship with and not some, you know, one night thing or, or whatever it is. I, I I don't know if that's something that you encounter a lot. Is this like uh, or maybe it's not a falsehood. Maybe it actually maybe people are meeting at bars and nightclubs and I just don't know any of them. But I this it seems uh, like an odd framing of how to meet someone. I think that's such a good call out. And I I really like that because it's like part of the question is based on fear, but maybe also based on like misconceptions of how people meet. And so like I gave that stat that most people meet, you know, online. And like I think the number of people meeting in like bars and restaurants is just way down. And so I feel like the idea of like, oh, I don't go to bars and restaurants or sorry, I don't go to bars and clubs and therefore like I'm less eligible to meet people. It's like, no, that's honestly like not where people are meeting these days anyway. It's better that you're not spending your time there. Yeah. (laughs) To find a date. Yeah. I'm looking at the chart right now and I think it's like number one is online. Number two is through friends and acquaintances. Number three is through work. The fourth one is bar or restaurant. And so it's like mm-hmm. actually like you should really be playing into like online and your network. That's where most people meet. And the restaurant thing is really interesting because it's like, hello, I know that you're sitting down at your table. I'm sitting down <laughs> at that other table. What appetizer did you did you totally uh, purchase this evening? <laughs> That's so fucking awkward. I totally agree. Speaking yeah. of using your network, this next person is a 36-year-old um, female. She says that she lives in a small town of about 4,000 people in the Midwest. I'm bisexual, and while the people closest to me know of my sexuality, it wasn't received well by most of my own family. How do you find someone when you live in an environment that is hostile to who you are as a person? Wow. Yeah. I feel like I hear about biphobia so often. I think for this person, maybe there's a sense of like, what do they need from other people versus what do they need from themselves? And I think like in terms of themselves, it's like, you know, do they accept themselves? Like, how are they putting themselves out there? And maybe they can date like without the acceptance of others. In terms of meeting people, you know, I think it can be really hard depending on where you live. But I also feel like, I don't know, not to be like, making this like an online dating advertisement. But I think that (laughs) is one of the reasons why online dating is so great. It's like you don't have to like go to like the one lesbian bar like 45 minutes outside your town. You can actually like go online and see like who else is interested in you. It does feel like that's where a lot of those connections are being made. Yeah. Back to the the safety note of it all too, I do feel like 
if you're a person who's at least semi-closeted in a small town, at least if you have a dating app that you're meeting people that clearly state their mm-hmm. interests and their own acceptance, it does feel like a safer environment in which to interact than going out into a place where you don't feel that acceptance or safety. So I feel like that's a great entry point. But 4,000, man, that is that is tiny. very tiny. That's a very tiny place. I think you, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, yeah, it, it might be a situation where you have to look outside of your immediate mm-hmm. community because. I mean, isn't that like why people have been moving to New York for decades, right? It's like sometimes, <laughs> sometimes yeah. you, sometimes you do need to move to find your people. Yeah. Yeah. So this question about, you know, being accepted by your own family makes me think of people who have different, you know, they want to date outside of their religion, their ethnicity, their whatever it is, and how a lot of people have to deal with kind of how to date while maintaining family, especially Mm -hmm. if, if who you're interested in is very different. So how do you advise people to balance that, right? How to like follow their heart and find the right person for them while also dealing with the reality of their families. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. In the beginning, I thought you were going to talk about dating against type, or I've just heard the phrase recently, like untyping, which is something I'm really passionate about. It's like if you've always been going for one type of person, Mm -hmm. and then you, like, for example, that person would come to me and be like, oh, I know who I want. I just have to find them. I'm like, is it possible that this is actually not who you should be with? And the (laughs) fact that you've been going after this type for 20 years and it hasn't worked out, like maybe you should date a different type. And so anyway, that's my PSA for like, expanding your filters, going against your type. Like I get so many DMs that are like, I am dating someone I never would have dated previously and I'm just so happy and like, why didn't I do this before? And so anyway, pitching against type. Yeah, in in terms of the family stuff, I mean, I think this is an interesting dynamic where for someone they have to decide for themselves, like is shared religion a deal breaker? And I think for different people, it, it depends on their relationship with you know, their own ethnicity or religion or family. Like for some people, they're like, oh, like I date everyone. It doesn't matter. For some people, they're like, I'm really religious. I can only imagine dating someone with a similar background so that we can raise our kids this way. And so not even just about your relationship with your family, but understanding like, what do you want long term? Mm -hmm. And are these things that you feel like are deal breakers? Are they actually deal breakers or are they more nice to haves? You know, when you when you bring up like the kid thing or like long term goals, I mean, back to the pressurized situation, like I can imagine going on like one or two dates with someone. And then like at what point do you advise that people start talking about these things that seem like monumental when they've Mm -hmm. just met people for the first time? I don't know. I I don't know if I've ever like formally gone on dates in that particular way. Mm -hmm. So I think if I'm looking back at my relationships, it was like more of an organic progression of like those topics coming up. But when you're in the situation where you do want to find that person, that's why you're going after intentional dating. Where do you start to introduce those kind of we need to be on the same page about Mm -hmm. religion or kids or, or whatever it is? For sure. Yeah, this is definitely a big part of my work and something that I think about a lot. And like, you know, kind of going back to the idea that most people I work with are these intentional daters that are looking for something serious. They usually come to me and they'll say like, I do or don't want kids. And when should I bring that up in dating? Right. And sometimes Mm -hmm. it's like very strongly, I don't want kids. Like I have a client who I spoke to a few days ago. And I I feel like I can bring her up because she's like, write about me. Like, I want to hear like what you would say about me in public. And so anyway, I feel like this is what she wants. But Shout anyway, out. she she's in her early 40s and she doesn't want kids. And she tends to date younger guys. And she just dated a guy for three months and they broke up. And it wasn't until after they broke up that they sort of had that big debrief. And then she found out that he does want kids. And I was like, hmm. okay, look, like, you broke up. It doesn't matter. Like, I was like, I don't want you to regret what you had with him, but I don't want you to repeat it. And I was like, you're Mm. so bold. You're such a bold person. Like, you live this big life, but why are you not being bold enough in this? And so for Mm. her, I think Mm. it's like, if you're in your 40s and you're dating younger men, like, statistically, most people end up having kids. And so I think that in the age range she's dating, especially, like, that needs to come up. And so I am a big proponent of bringing it up early on. And the big thing is that you don't want to come across as needy 
or demanding and like there's one answer, you want to come across from a place of sharing and being curious. And so it might sound something like this, like, hey, like I've been dating for a while, feel like I've had lots of fun, but I'm ready to find my person. And I know like I'd want to get married and have kids like when I find that person, like, what about you? What are you looking for? And like, I didn't seem, I, I hope when you heard that, it's like, I'm not like, oh my God, like, tell me that you're looking for kids. If not, you're wasting my time. It's like, people will literally run in the other direction. And I think <laughs> that's like where they feel like you're desperate. But if you're just like, this is my stuff, what's yours? The other person could be like, yeah, like I grew up in a huge family and I actually had to raise all my siblings and I don't want kids. It's like, great, I'm glad we talked about it. And mm -hmm. there was a theme in the pandemic called hardballing where people from the beginning <laughs> were bringing stuff up way earlier on, like on day one. And it's a feeling of like, hey, like I just lost a bunch of time. Like I want to catch up mm -hmm. or to use Stevie's word, pressurize. Yeah. And like, I actually think that's good. It's like, in a job negotiation, like what if you talk to someone for months and it turns out like your salary range is totally like not on the same place? It's like I think a lot of things go better if we reveal our cards early on. And so I am a huge fan of from the beginning, whether that's on your profile or date one or two or three, just being like this is where I'm at and what I'm looking for. I have just seen such good results with mm -hmm. that. And I think people being coy, they end up making assumptions and then being disappointed. That makes okay. sense. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. But I what what can or what should you be so upfront about? Because there's like I don't want kids seems like a big one, um, but being like I don't want will we'll only date vegetarians is that might be just as big. Like what are the things that you it, it's reasonable to have a hard line on? Yeah, I would say it depends on you. Like if you are staunch vegan and somebody eating meat feels really offensive to you and you just can't imagine not being with a vegan, like that might be something to bring up like on your profile or like before you even message someone. And so I would say the most common ones are basically like, what are you looking for? You know, are you looking for something casual or something more serious? Mm -hmm. um, more and more like Relate what we call relationship type. Like, are you looking for something open? Are you looking for something monogamous? I think that's a big one. Mm -hmm. Luckily, profiles, like especially I work at Hinge, I can speak to Hinge. They have a lot of space on the profile for that. Like, mm -hmm. you can say what you're looking for. You can say if you have kids and whether you want them. Like, I actually feel like the profiles are getting pretty good at having some of those things like revealed for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So I want to get into some tactical questions. You've already started answering in ways that I think are very tactical and, and super oh, sure. usable. But this comes from a non-binary person. They say, how do you open a conversation on Tinder and not have it end with one of you just ghosting each other? I find whenever I match with someone on dating apps, I don't know what to say. Ask them about their job, their hobbies, sounds like an interrogation. And saying something funny usually doesn't get a laugh. So what do I do? <laughs> been there, been there. <laughs> yeah, I think we've all been there. I mean, ghosting sucks and having the same conversation over and over again sucks. And so one tip that I use with my clients that tends to work really well is the more that you switch up your profile, the less dating burnout that you have. Because like, hmm. let's say you have a photo of you doing the trapeze and then everyone talks about your trapeze picture if you actually switch it up to like one of like you on a boat, now you have a different conversation. And so just like actually changing your profile changes the conversations you've had. Yeah, I would also just say like, this is just like very common. It's hard. It's like, what'd you do last weekend? What are you doing this weekend? Where do you live? Oh, how long have you lived there? What do you do? Mm -hmm. And so basically I would call that like the shallow end of the pool and small talk. And how can you move it more towards like how you would text with a friend? And so what would you text to a friend? Like, oh, like, you know, the craziest thing just happened at work. Like, I thought I was on mute, but then, you know, I said this really embarrassing thing and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> You've obviously like, listened to the podcast <laughs> before. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think we've all had our, like, horrifying Zoom moments. And so anyway, it's just like, not that you want to make it friend zone, but it's like, how yeah. do you have a normal conversation, like, where you, like, say something and the person reacts? Like, I think this ping pong back and forth of, like, question, answer, then I answer, then I ask you another question. It just feels, like, so tedious. Like, the best conversations, the ones that I look at that turn into dates are where it just has, like, a flow where you're, like, I can't believe that happened. Like, has that ever happened to you? Like, oh, yeah. Like, this one time it's, like, you're sharing stories and experiences and opinions mm -hmm. and less biographical information. And so it does take time. But – I would lean away from questions like, 
you know, what would be your dream vacation? Or if you could have dinner with three people, it's like everyone's just going to be like, oh, my God, are you reading from an What's index card? What's your favorite card? color? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I'm just thinking about, like, the story that Stevie said. It's like, oh, like, have you heard about this? And maybe the person hasn't. You're like, let me tell you about it. Or if you li- Obviously, like, you live in the same city. You could be like, I just saw, like, for me in San Francisco, I'd be like, oh, I love San Francisco Reddit. Like, I just heard about these, like, parking tickets that aren't actually real, but people pay them. Like, do you know what I mean? It's what? like, how can you just, like, share these yes. nuggets where you're having a conversation and you're not having this, like, horribly forced back and forth interview? Yeah. So you just need to get real, real good about the pop culture. <laughs> And current events yeah. in your life. Okay, Logan, can you tell me what is the most frequently used object in a what? hinge profile? Oh, I thought that was good. Right, you so talked about boats. You talked yeah. about I mean, I've seen like the hunting. Yeah. Shit. I think oh, the that's the a big real bad guy fish. one. I mean, I would say the like fish. <laughs> if this were a consulting question, I would be like probably the answer is like a wine glass or a beer, oh. just because a lot of people have pictures in that. But I think what I actually want to say is so many people have the fishing photo, like where the guy's holding up the dead fish Damn. and it's become like such a gross cliche. So that's the one that people really don't like and should go away. Should we say, yeah, stop putting – is this a PSA? Stop putting <laughs> fish pics up, guys. I agree. It doesn't yeah. work in my mind, but you yeah. have the data. No dick pics, no fish pics. <laughs> <laughs> the correlation between guys with fish uh, fish pics and dick pics and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> their their time on the I haven't app. studied it yet, but it's – you know, that could be my next research project. <laughs> yeah. All right, so you did touch a little bit on the the conversation kind of going dead, but now we're I want to talk about moving the conversation from the app to a mm-hmm. date. You've you've talked about this in your book. I've I've mm-hmm. seen you have a lot of great Instagram content, Hannah. How this person, it's 29, male, am I doing something wrong on dating apps? Even the liveliest conversation drops out after a day or two, and I need more time to feel comfortable with any actual meetup. So do you say, sorry, dude, you're going to have to be a little uncomfortable? Yeah. I mean, a day or two is actually pretty short. In our research at Hinge, the average match goes from like matching to asking out on a date in two to five days. Like it does take some time. It's not just like that first conversation you need to be asking them out. Some of my key tips include asking someone for their phone number. I think that's Mm -hmm. a key step. And then from there – saying something like, you know, I'm really enjoying the conversation. Like, I'd love to meet up in person or we have such great chemistry. Like, let's see if we have it in person. And then also throwing out a specific day and time. Like, if I just say to you, like, hey, do you want to meet up? It's like, when? Like, in, we have mm-hmm. infinite time. Do you want to go say, out? Like, yeah, do you want to <laughs> go out? Right. If I say to you, like, oh, like, I really want to check out this tapas bar and I'm free Thursday, are you? Even if they're not, now we're like going back and forth on which date I am free. That's better than just like, right, do you want to go out? Get specific, get to schedule. Or perhaps I need to get somewhere that's only accessible by boat. I see that you have a boat. (laughs) (laughs) Turns out we also need dinner. I see that you have a fishing pool. Yeah. Would you like to go... To Alcatraz on Sunday at 3 p.m. <laughs> yeah, I only eat when I'm on dates, so help me out. Okay, and then when you actually get on this date, what is your, what's your recommendation on research you do on a person before you go on oh, a date? Like, stalking. are you Googling them? Are you whatever? I had a date one time. His mom looked me up on LinkedIn, and I saw her profile. So-, so I knew he was doing his research. This dude, like... Had his mom like yeah stop? How did you? that date go? What? Did she also? Come it on actually a date? went really well. She didn't. Um, he was a great guy. <laughs> oh. hmm. But but yeah, what kind of research is? I feel like there's some research that's too much, right? I I generally am a fan of no research. Like I feel like mm. okay, yes, there's. I understand if there's a safety component, but it's like taking that out of the conversation for a second. Isn't it just so weird when you get to a date and you're like, oh, I know you published a paper on the side yeah. of sleep. But <laughs> or like, you have to like I can't hide what met- you yeah, do you know. Yeah, you have to hide yeah. it and you, yeah. you forget. And then they're like, yeah. wait, how do you know I went to Bermuda? And you're like, oh, I don't. I just <laughs> happen to think You've about hunting. You've got a tan. Like, guess what like the best way of not doing that is by not stalking them. So yeah. number one, I think 
you have to like pretend you don't know things, which feels weird and is just like a cognitive load on your brain. It's a lie. The second thing is, um, I think that you build up a story in your head of who they are and mm-hmm. that's really bad. And so you're like, oh, like he has this job in finance. Like I bet he's a douchebag. And like, or <laughs> oh, like she looks so artsy in her pictures. Like she's gonna be my manic pixie dream girl. It's like honestly, like the more that you can walk in without expectations, the more yeah. you're actually meeting who the person is versus being like, oh, I have a fantasy of you in my mind. And mm-hmm. then they inevitably aren't that person, and then you're disappointed. And so I'd say, besides the safety thing, which like Obviously, you should do what's comfortable for you. I actually think that researching people in advance just complicates things and, like, takes out some of the fun of, like, just getting to know someone. Mm, The discovery. Right. Right. Okay. But is it okay to have your mom? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's how he was getting around. And he's like, only, yeah, (laughs) only if she uses incognito window. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, This is a question that is about being on different pages, okay? Mm. This person is asking, they're 26, female, my boyfriend of three years won't consider marriage, in our case, Mm. committing indefinitely to the relationship because he thinks he needs to work on himself. It's been a few weeks since we've had the most recent version of this conversation, and this time it ended with, well, maybe you need to talk to a professional, like a therapist. He still hasn't even looked for one. How long do I let this relationship continue if he doesn't move forward towards a long-term commitment? You know, this one's always hard because I think that people do go through different stages of maturity and maturation. And so it's like this question of like wanting your partner to go to a therapist and they won't do it actually comes up so often. I think it's interesting. Hmm. It's like, I think that she should look at what are the other factors. Like if this person were ready to commit, is this really the kind of person she wants to be with? Can she see herself building a life with him? Is he a good communicator? Is he honest, loyal, trustworthy? Like how are all the other aspects of the relationship besides the commitment piece? If everything else is great, I think that's different from, well, actually like we're not on the same page about many things, in which case like maybe it is time to call it. And so I think um, for that situation, I would specifically say have a conversation with the person where you say like, hey, like I know that this is what I want long term. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you aren't sure. Could you see yourself getting sure through talking to a professional, talking to people who are married, like thinking more about it? Or is this something that like likely you won't know for many years? And so really getting mm-hmm. a sense from this person about like, does he think he could get clarity? How could he get clarity? And like in what timeline? And then making a decision based on that. I, I feel nervous as you like as you mimic, <laughs> yeah as you have this fantasy conversation it makes me For nervous sure. and I think I probably fall into like this non confrontational mm-hmm. bucket where yeah it's I mean so much of your advice it seems like it's about being honest with yourself and being honest mm-hmm. with the people that you're interacting with or want to be in a relationship with which is not always easy. Like, I'm scared to have this conversation or for her to have this conversation. So how do you get over that? How do you just do it? Yeah. I mean, I think that was a really good summary of my of a lot of my work, which is just like, yeah, first get clear with yourself. Like, what do I want? Like, what kind of relationship do I want? Do I want it to be open or closed? Am I ready for marriage? Do I want kids? And like, that's super hard work that like I think is a lifelong project. Like all the time, there's things that I want to bring up with my husband that I don't because I'm just like, oh, but we're having such a nice Sunday or I don't want to rock the boat or this and that. And so like it's very easy to make excuses for not bringing this up. And then the next step is that you have to actually listen to what the other person says and like decide if that's good enough for you or not. If the person is wishy-washy or noncommittal, you also have to be like, maybe I need to call it. And so this process is very hard throughout. In terms of getting it over it, I would say like, It's not that if you sweep it under the rug, it goes away. If you sweep Mm -hmm. it under the rug, like it actually just like gets bigger and bigger. Mm -hmm. And so for this, the version would be like, it's Mm -hmm. awkward and challenging, but then at least I have the information I know. And so like in general, more information is better, especially if you're like, the reason I'm not bringing it up is that I'm afraid that the answer might be bad news. It's like, well, that's even a bigger sign that you need to have the conversation. (laughs) Right. So we've got another question It is, when is it okay or not okay to be too picky? Actually, like the more people I talk to, the more Mm -hmm. I feel like some people are too picky and some people are not picky enough. 
And mm-hmm. so for the people who are too picky, they oftentimes like have this image in their head of what their partner will be like. So something like, you know, must be this tall, must much much must make this much money, must have these hobbies in common with me, this and that. And kind of mm-hmm. goes back to what I was saying earlier about like knowing what your true deal breakers are and knowing which are just nice to haves. For the people who are not picky enough, I think that's also an interesting group because for them, it might be that actually their standards are too low and they let someone treat them poorly or they get into situationships or they let someone be an option when they are Mm -hmm. making that person a priority. And so I think some of us um, really actually do need to take ourselves more seriously and raise our standards. I have a feeling the person who asked this question maybe is too picky, just like usually that's who, who I get the question from. And so I would just say for that person, it's like make a list of the things that you absolutely must need and then understand like what are the things that are like, well, it would be great if that person had that or that's kind of a pet peeve. So I hope they don't have that. But removing things from the must have list makes it just mm-hmm. easier to find someone. And like probably that doesn't really matter that much for long-term relationship happiness. That's kind of a perfect setup for – a little, a little game we wanted to play. Yeah. Yay. Sounds So great. we want to get into pet peeves and the deal breakers. Okay? Oh, perfect. Great. Yeah. So producer Logan has uh, put together a few, a few examples. We don't mm-hmm. know. Stevie and I don't know what they are. Oh, I can't wait. But producer Logan is going to tell us what they are. Stevie and I will give each of our responses. And then Logan Really, we need you to advise us on great what it. It, what is the right way to think about this? Yeah, because before we go into it, you know, we've uh, stalked you on Instagram, and uh, okay. you know, we we oh, yeah. do you want to kind of give the context of sure, you know, pet peeve versus deal breaker, how people usually confuse the two, um, etc. The big thing is that like so many people say to me like, oh, I'm so open-minded. I can date anyone. And and they have these like quirky things that they've decided like are absolutely deal breakers for them. And I really don't think that's true. And so a deal breaker Mm -hmm. is like if this thing is present, then there's absolutely no way that the relationship could happen. And a pet peeve is something that maybe annoys you or annoys you more than other people. But if it were present, you could get over it. And so that's why something like, even for height, it's like, oh, I must date a guy who's over six feet tall. It's like, if you met a guy at a bar who was 5'9", and you had the most amazing conversation, and then when he stood up, you saw he wasn't six feet, would you run in the other direction? No, you would realize you had this great connection. And so a lot of times it's just understanding the difference between the pet peeve, the thing that annoys you, the deal breaker, like the must have or the must not have, and then this other category that I call like nice to have. Like, oh, it'd be great Mm -hmm. if they had the same religion, but if not, that's okay, we could move on. Okay, so so producer Logan, you have things mm-hmm. to, to let toss her rip, out. girl. Um, let's yeah. hear the let's hear the first one. All right, first one. Logan touched on this a little bit, but pet peeve or deal breaker, they're best friends with their ex. <laughs> and I will say, in the lesbian community at least, it's very common yeah. for lesbians to be friends with their ex. Okay, so it's common in the lesbian community for you to be for women to be friends with their exes. Yeah. Or okay. and or I would say it's not a stereotype necessarily, right. Right. but it is I would say a higher percentage of lesbians are friends with their exes than I would guess in the heterosexual community. Right. I personally yeah. am not friends with any of my exes, but not because you didn't try. No, very much because I did not want to be friends with any of my exes. We'll talk. We can talk about those relationships at at some point or not. But I'll say for Cassie, for my partner, um, when I first started dating her, you know, a decade ago, one of her best friends was her ex-girlfriend. And um, and I hung out with her all the time. I really liked her. Mm -hmm. We, We became friends. So for me... I don't even know if it is a deal breaker or a pet peeve. I think the only time would be if there was some kind of like residual like sexual thing happening, in which case that would be a deal breaker for me because it would say like, oh, you have some kind of unresolved relationship with this person that you're holding on to. And therefore, I don't want to be in a relationship with you. But if it's purely friendship that I am also involved in and therefore 
no is purely friendship, then it's not a pet peeve or deal breaker for me. Got it sounds it. like you're talking to Cassie right now and not to us. So we're, we're actually also no longer friends yeah. with Let's this person. So, uh, you know. Okay. But I would imagine that's very different than, well, I don't know. You know, no, in, in, it's actually, you feel the same way? Okay. I, yeah, it's not a deal breaker for me. And it could be a pet peeve if I feel that the ex, not my partner, but the ex has strong feelings. And I guess that's the residual. They have the strong feelings for my for my partner. Because I'm assuming that if they're my partner, I trust mm. them. I trust them completely. And I don't think that they would cheat. But if the other person does, and I think it would be annoying. Yeah. Because it's just like constantly it could see it. But I don't know. I think there's some good qualities to maintaining friendships with with your okay. past partners. <laughs> Don't call me out like that. But you know what, Logan, you just you told us at the front of the episode you're like you should leave your exes in the past. So I feel like you're going to tell us all to deal break this baby. Yeah. Yeah, so I would say, you know, this is more about is it a deal breaker for you if this person talks to their ex, not should you talk to their ex? And so I would say like that's <laughs> that that's, you know, the other okay. person's call, it's not yours. I would say definitely not a deal breaker. Like I think it's an opportunity to explore trust. Like, do you trust this person? Do you trust that it's platonic? Do you trust that neither one of them still has feelings for each other? I also mm-hmm. think that there could be a positive spin where it's like, wow, this person maintains relationships. Like, they date high-quality people. They are mm-hmm. mature enough mm-hmm. to say, we weren't good romantic partners, but I want you in my life. I think it's more of a red flag when someone's like, oh, yeah, like, my ex sucks. It was all their fault. Like, I hate them. It's like, okay, you're taking no responsibility for the yeah. breakup. Like, oh, I that's think that's worse. Mm-hmm. And so I would say, like, personally for me, this would be a pet peeve where, like, it wouldn't be my preference. But depending on how long they dated, how long ago they dated, things like that, like, I could definitely appreciate that this person dated someone they were interested in as a human but not as a partner and that, like, I could yeah. move on from yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Okay, next one. Okay, pet peeve or deal breaker, they want to live next to their parents or in the same neighborhood. Mm. Nagin? So my mother-in-law does listen to this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to say that it's like a, it's a win if they want to, of course. (laughs) Don't you have an extra guest room that you're looking at? No, I thought you were saying that earlier. I think that there's, um... There's certain details that are needed, like where do they live, you know? Like if you live out in bumfuck nowhere, Mm -hmm. like this is not – it for me personally, it's not going to happen. I'm not that type of person. I don't want to go live next to my mother-in-law, you know, in in the middle of wherever. Um, So I think that would be – like the geographical Mm. nature of it would be more of a deal-breaker Take that yeah, out. Let's of assume it, though. it's like okay, where you fine. live now. In your neighborhood in, in LA. Oh, then I already live there. So good. Yeah. <laughs> it's not exactly. a deal breaker or anything. <laughs> I'm glad I already live in the place. And if my mother in law is near me, then well, my mother in law does not listen to this show, but she's very, very cool. And so I wouldn't mind living near her at all. But like going back to the actual thing, like I I mean, like if you're with someone who needs to mm-hmm. live next to their mom, that's, that's an a issue. little weird. Like, that, yeah. there's something deeper going on yeah. there. So, yeah. All right, Logan, what do you have to say? Yeah, I think the key word here is boundaries. Like, I have oh. next-door neighbors. They don't come into my house all the time. But, like, if your mother-in-law lives next door, does she think, like, she can pop by <laughs> yeah, in the morning? She yeah, can exactly. pop by and announce that you have yeah. dinner together. And, like, yeah. you could live in the same – neighborhood as someone and they could come over a lot or a little and so I think it's first of all like talking to your partner about what are their expectations like if it means like the mom pops in all the time unannounced like you probably just don't want that whether or not they live next door or live a little bit farther away and so I'd say like establishing boundaries from the beginning about like privacy and expectations of how much you'll see Mm -hmm. each other but I, I, I don't think this is a deal breaker, but I do think that knowing how somebody wants to have their family in their lives actually is a big conversation to have yeah. at some point. Mm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Next. Okay. We're going to stick to the family theme here. Um, a little reference to last week's episode. They're a little too close with their sibling. Mm. <laughs> okay. Logan, the last week's episode, yeah. we talked about Mindy Kaling's tweet 
saying that um, she found that white families uh, depicted on TV often had a sibling relationship that was a little too flirtatious. <laughs> That's really funny. Is it a pet peeve that they're close with their relationship? Their yeah, siblings? what's the implication? Are you implying yeah. that there's something? It's a little, it's just a little weird. Like, it's just a little weird. Okay, okay. Mm, not a problem for me. Not a problem for me. I can't be everything for my husband. Uh, there's an ambiguity here that is that is weird. <laughs> it's, I don't even know it's what a freaking, that means. I feel like it's more fun. It's like on TV, it's like obviously no one's actually related. So maybe you have more chemistry between the brother yeah. and sister than like yeah. the two people dating. But like in real life, that's obviously just this whole other like gross taboo. Yeah, so yeah, I'd say yeah, like, it's, well, like, like obviously, you know, right? Rule, yeah, yeah obviously. I think it's generally great for someone to have a close relationship with their family and it's a good sign. But yeah, once again, boundaries. Like, is this person living with you? Are they borrowing money from you? Like, just thinking about that. Oh, that was a PG answer. Uh, okay. Well, thank you so much, Logan, for going on that journey yeah. <laughs> with us. I got to say, I am so happy that you are an expert in all of this because based on Stevie and I's answers to some of these things, I feel like we would have really led people astray <laughs> <laughs> on how to successfully date in this day and age. If people wanna if people wanna learn more about what you do and and how you help people, what should they do? Yeah. People can follow me on Instagram at Logan Yuri or go to my website, loganyuri.com. I have a weekly newsletter that comes out every Thursday. It's a lot of fun. Thank you. I'm teaching mm -hmm. a class that starts September 8th and I'll probably have another one at the end of this year. And that's a really fun way for people to learn in a community and to learn from me. And really, it's like jumpstarting your dating life and getting back out there. And so people mm. can check all of that out on my website. Oh, by the way, quickly before you go, Zach and I met on Hinge and I'm wondering like maybe oh. you can pull some strings and <laughs> and do what? And find out what other bitches he was dating. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my god, 7 years Let's later. Let's just talk about that later, mind. okay? Wait, we haven't even <laughs> talked about the fact that you went on a grouper with my husband. Yes, I've been on a date <laughs> with Logan's husband. A grouper? Grouper was a was a group on group date where three people would go on a date oh, with another group. Oh, I thought we were back to the fish in the profile picture. Okay, situation. well, you're definitely in the first podcast interview I've ever been on who's been on a date with my husband. I love that. Hey, sister wife. <laughs> yeah, sister wife. So fun. Tell Zach I say hi. I love it. Okay, right. thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Bye. Uh, okay, so we <laughs> okay. did we did make sure that uh, producer Logan is going to be sending the music video referenced at the top of the podcast to expert Logan because I don't want <laughs> yeah. her walking away without that gift. Empty-handed, no, um, not on this show. <laughs> gosh, what has happened? I mean, last week you told us about your awkward uh, cop encounter, and that puts it mm -hmm. back in my plate to dive into my my awkward social interactions. Um, yeah. So this one's like a little bit related to this particular conversation. And it, it recently happened to me. I was at a social function in which there were more straight people than I usually hang out with. I mean, it's it is interesting talking broadly about dating and not getting into the specifics of the differences between like heterosexual dating and then yeah. like you know and and to be very truthful like I don't have well that's not true I have friend groups that um are just you know everyone's straight in so I wouldn't say that but at this particular uh, event I didn't really know a lot of people and they were all straight which is a, it was a double whammy for me okay <laughs> and well actually exception they weren't all straight. I thought they were all straight. And then I was in the kitchen and uh, one of the women who was at the event that I didn't know came up and started talking to me, uh, asking me, like, where to go to meet women, which I was like, oh, OK, this is taking a this is taking a turn. You're a celesbian. <laughs> no, I just think I just. That. Yeah. I mean, Cassie, Cassie was with me. I present. Yeah. Uh, I hope I present as gay and so I was like trying to think of like some of the events that are going on where I've been invited and and haven't gone and so we're talking and then this straight dude walks in to the room oh I'm sure he had a lot of opinions. and he and he of course inserts himself <laughs> into the conversation and his answer is 
Well, the lesbians I know, I don't know a lot of lesbians that live in cities. <laughs> oh, really? I, I like, don't know a lot of city slicking lesbians. Like, sir. What? I was like, sir. You're telling me that your offering into this conversation is that in your mind, lesbians live outside of cities. That's what you're bringing? Like, please, you know, shut, perhaps shut your mouth and turn around and walk out Leave. of the kitchen. I can't. Well, I think I was I was a little bit more frustrated than normal because usually I try and just like, you know, like, oh. Just a small talk and like, ha ha, you're, you know, we'll just gloss yeah. this over and I'm never going to see you again. But I think I said something a little bit more direct, like that's absolutely ridiculous and, uh, <laughs> you know, kind of brushed him off. Yeah. I, I don't know. What yeah. would you have done in that situation? Jeez. Well, he needed to be put in his place. So yeah. I do think addressing it is totally on the table and and should be done. My favorite way to deal with this type of stuff, like, <laughs> is to use humor. It's yeah. to make fun of the person. Okay. He just entered. He he brought himself into conversation okay. where he was not invited. So certainly make fun of him. Can I push back there? This is the thing. Guys are, and I'm sorry to be, I'm sorry to generalize, but that could be taken as, like, flirting or acceptance of the situation like listen i just said i hope i present gay i hope i present gay to everyone i hope i present gay to women but guys don't get it a lot they don't they don't they don't understand that so like that could have put me in a situation where he I felt mean, like i was like flirting with him or like okay with him existing i think it depends on <laughs> what you say i think it's, i think it depends on what you say it's not like you're fluttering your eyes at him and being like <laughs> You know, I think I would turn to him and I would laugh and be like, are you a straight white man? (laughs) So funny. I I don't remember. I just don't remember her asking you. Yeah. Okay, great. There's no flirting. There's no flirting misinterpretations as soon as you say, are you a straight white man? That's that's pretty. You don't need to laugh. No smiling necessary because women are asked to smile all the time. But I just have more fun with it. Yeah. yeah, I have more fun breaking someone down. Yeah. Yes. When I can also get pleasure from the endorphin rush of a laugh. Yeah. Next time I I have to go to an awkward heterosexual party, I'm going to be bringing you with me. (laughs) And then everyone will know I'm gay. I'm a lesbian. (laughs) All right. Well, I think that does it. Thanks for listening to Best Friends Back All Right. If you're looking for something to occupy your time in between BFBA episodes, might I suggest a brand new party game that we just released with our friends at Spin Master called We're Still Good. We have been working on this thing for what feels like ages to get it to exactly the right playability. It's really fun to play with a group of friends, with family. Um, You can play individually. You can team up. It's all about finding the bright side of a bad situation in a hilarious way. So it's very (laughs) timely. um, And you get to flex your creativity and your, your own little humor muscles. Talk about a great date uh situation why don't you be bold and get yourself a copy of we're still good yes and bring that on a date you can go ahead go on amazon search we're still good it should pop up and grab yourself a copy and you can catch brand new episodes every friday make sure to follow so you don't miss an episode if you're enjoying the podcast leave us a review you can follow at mythical pods on tiktok for clips to share with family and friends you can follow me at negine and stevie everywhere at stevie w levine and of course you can hear me every monday through friday on good mythical morning with brett and link at youtube.com slash good mythical morning i'll see you there